You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Hey friends, John Bush here with the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Today we have a special program for you today. I am going to be sharing the audio from our recent Freedom Cell meetup that we had here in Central Texas. The name of the podcast is Organizing Freedom Cells in the Age of COVID Tyranny and the Great Reset. We held our second Central Texas Freedom Cells meetup. This time there was around 45 or so people in attendance. It was a very awesome and enthusiastic high energy crowd that were super excited to hear of such a solution. Many of the folks are already participating in the Freedom Cell Network. They're already part of an inner cadre group and the energy and the caliber of people that were present at this meeting was super duper inspiring and motivating and it's great to see here in my hometown of austin texas and the surrounding communities that there's so many people that are ready and willing to start building something to build back better essentially right that's the whole great reset biden term i actually spent some time in this talk talking about the great reset and the COVID tyranny we're facing and how the Freedom Cell Network is a wonderful tool, a social organization that people can utilize in order to not only insulate themselves from COVID, uh, COVID tyranny, insulate themselves from the Great Reset technocracy, but more importantly, to create a better institution, better institutions that are more in line with our inherent sovereignty as free, beautiful human beings. So we're gonna be holding these meetings regularly, I've had one, and we've hosted one in Houston with Derek Bros and Spavanaugh, Oklahoma. We did one a couple months ago here. We're going to be doing one in Dallas-Fort Worth soon. Look, if you don't know what the Freedom Cell Network is all about, you can learn about it at freedomcells.org, freedomcells.org. I strongly encourage you to get involved. On the website, you can see a member map and a cell map where you can find people that are in your area that are of like mind and more importantly, that are ready to take action, to build, to do something proactive and constructive. All right, so without further ado, I wanna introduce you to this talk that I gave. This was just a couple days ago on Saturday. And uh, man, again, it was really big turnout. After this short talk, uh, we got into breakout sessions and split the groups up based on food production, interests, employment, reaching out to more people and recruiting and it was just a super productive meeting. Oh, we also talked about vaccine resistance, how we can respond, how we can opt out, if they're going to put the pressure on us. Man, it was an awesome meeting. I'm so excited to bring you the audio of the talk that I gave. Again, this was the Freedom Cell Meetup here in Central Texas. It took place on December 5th, and the title is Organizing Freedom Cells in the Age of COVID Tyranny and the Great Reset. Thank you so much for listening. All right, we are live. Okay, welcome. Welcome, everybody, to our second Central Texas Freedom Cell Meetup. Today, we are going to be working together and organizing a network that hopes to improve our chances of finding freedom in our lifetime, growing freedom, growing community. 
The Freedom Cell Network was founded in 2014 with the aim of bringing people together for the purpose of mutual aid, mutual defense, and working together on common goals. It's completely decentralized, peer-to-peer. There's no hierarchy. There's no bureaucracy. There's no Congress critters or elected representatives. And I'm gonna share a little bit more about the organizational structure here in a little bit. I really believe that the actual structure of this network is, is what is so innovative about it and what brings uh, so much hope to really create some change. And so uh, I'm gonna start by just kind of sharing where we're at and talking a little bit about the problems that we face. Uh, when the network was started in 2014, it was really just an idea. And uh, I had an inner cadre group with some folks that I lived together with on a little farmstead and some folks that would come be in community with us. It fell apart due to infighting. So it's always good to be conscious of interpersonal conflict and how we can overcome that through effective communication and compassion and, and being vulnerable with one another. But, uh, you know, since then, I kind of focused on my family. I was an impoverished activist at the time and didn't want to raise my kids in poverty. So I leaned into my business and kind of pulled away from activism. But my good friend, Derek Bros of the Conscious Resistance Network, who does amazing work, he really, uh, the idea of Freedom Cells resonated with him and he really took it and pumped it and turned it into a global network. And then when COVID rolled around, not only did the powers that be or the powers that wish they were seize the opportunity to grow their efforts to control people, but we also seized the opportunity to expand this network to help people to not be controlled and to be in control of their own lives. And we've seen since, we've since seen some really massive growth in the Freedom Cell Network. We now have over 7,000 people that are participating globally. I should say we have 7,000 people that are registered on the website. Some of them are using the website as like a social media, let's post articles and stuff, but we're constantly encouraging them really what it's all about, where the rubber meets the road is to meet up in person and to help one another to benefit our lives individually and collectively. And back in 2014, things were really bad. There was a whole lot of tyranny. There was a whole lot of federal encroachment. The state governments are running wild. Police brutality, drug war, NSA surveillance. Then like at the global level, there's all this global conspiracies and the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and the Carnegie's still around, I guess the foundations are. And, uh, you know, the Council on Formulations, all that stuff. There's always been a lot of sinister things taking place. And it's only seemed to have accelerated since COVID-19 happened. It's here in Austin, of course, there's a onerous, a intrusive city government. And the state legislature itself likes to try to control people's lives. And the federal government, no matter if it's Trump or Obama or Bush or Clinton or Bush or any of the clowns or Reagan even, uh, they always seem to want to usurp more power away from the people and, and bring it into the hands of, of the central government. So not cool. But now that COVID's popped off, we're really facing some serious problems. And as I'm going to share here in a second, I strongly believe that the Freedom Cell Network presents us with a great opportunity to not only insulate ourselves from the problems that we're facing, but more importantly, to create an opportunity for all of us to experience freedom that we've never experienced before and to finally line up with our inherent sovereignty as free, beautiful human beings. I don't think that that's really been experienced so much. Um, there's always seems to be some sort of oppression or even if it's roving bands of 
of marauders, right? And then the state was created when the marauders just decided to stick around and be easier to tax the people instead of going from community to community. But, uh, but here we are. So I'm sure everyone is well aware of the, of the COVID tyranny we're facing. We have the uh, lockdowns, which are literally destroying people's lives. They've, all of the public health folks always focus on, they're single-minded and they focus on deaths and really they focus on cases, right? Like a case-demic. But the public health is like, we're gonna focus on health and helping people and saving lives. When in reality, there's so many different factors that are important to people's lives, right? Like earning a living or spending the past 20 years taking so much risk, putting so much into starting a business that's now feeding our family or spousal violence or struggle with alcohol or struggles with anxiety and depression. And so when these lockdowns took place and when human beings are, were forced to separate although they weren't very effective in pulling it off for, for we free people, right? Because here we are today. Um, people, little children stopped going to school, which is positive and negative at the same time. Um, couples that, you know, there was abuse in the household. Now they're stuck together. They don't have that outlet. A lot of people uh, go to church regularly and find community in church every Sunday. And they, they take solace in the gospel and being around folks, all sorts of different spiritual followings do this type of thing. And all of a sudden that was taken away from so many people. And the indirect consequences of that have been immense and they aren't even, haven't even yet begun to be measured, right? There's an increase in substance abuse. There's an increase in opioid death, which was already a big problem. Uh, there's an increase in spousal abuse. And when it comes to people's finances, right? Everyone was always like, well, we're caring, we care about lives, not, not some stockholders bottom line or profit, right? But business isn't just profit and not even all businesses are corporations with shareholders and stocks. Business is someone's livelihood. It's how they earn a living. It's how they conduct business and commerce with other people so they can feed themselves and feed their family. And a lot of that was stripped away. On top of that, we see that the COVID vaccine is now being rolled out slowly but surely. And in order to enforce compliance, the state and public health and the pharmaceutical companies and allies and big businesses and the airlines and the medical industrial complex are aiming to compel compliance through taking away what they see as privileges. And so early on, it was pretty clear that in most political jurisdictions, the plan isn't going to be to mandate the vaccine. Although the New York, one of the New York Bar Associations, the attorneys said we should make this mandatory 110%. The New England Journal of Medicine said we shouldn't make this mandatory because it would hurt low income people more if they were to have fines. And we don't want it to get bogged down in the courts, right? They're already anticipating that they don't have the authority to do such a thing. But on top of that, they said rather we should incur substantive penalties for those who don't take it. We should make it difficult for them to then use this language, but this is what they're talking about, make it difficult for them to be employed. And now we see the airlines, there's an Australian airline that's going to insist on COVID immunity or COVID vaccine in order to do international travel. We see Delta and other airlines here domestically that are going to be rolling out digital COVID immunity passports. The most popular one seems to be called Common Pass 
It's the most popular because it's backed by the Rockefeller Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the World Economic Forum. And so we suddenly see a new world coming into play. Some would call it a new world order, right? Um, and I think we're going to see some serious changes, unlike the world has seen perhaps since uh, Bretton Woods or since World War II or since 9-11, right? There's so many parallels between what took place on 9-11, which I would argue was a false flag attack carried out by criminal elements within the United States government, likely Mossad and MI6. And because everyone was in such a state of fear and panic, so many people willingly accepted the Patriot Act, the John Warner Defense Authorization Act with the Indefinite Detention Clause, and so much control and surveillance especially. Now we see the same thing happening, whether COVID, whether SARS-CoV-2 was created in a lab in Wuhan, funded by the National Institute of Health and Fauci and all those guys, whether that was the case, it was a made it happen on purpose. Is anybody, is any 9-11 any truthers in the room? I'm sure there's quite a few. What's your, what do you mean by 9-11 truthers? Somebody that doubts the official story. There were two different camps. There was made it happen on purpose, as in the government or criminal actors within the government yeah. went in and wired the buildings for controlled demolition to blame it on their once ally, Osama bin Laden, right, and Mujahideen. That's made it happen. Or there was, that's my hop. Or there was lie hop. They knew it was going to happen and they allowed it to happen, much like FDR and Pearl Harbor, right? So there's the my hop camp and the lie hop camp. Well, when it comes to COVID, I think there's two camps too. And I'm kind of leaning on the made it happen side, although maybe we'll never know, but. Maybe it was manufactured in a lab with the purpose of rolling it out so they could carry out this agenda, problem, reaction, solution, right? Create the problem or exploit the problem. Everyone reacts, which is fear, and the solution is COVID, immunity pass, lockdowns, destroy the economy, usher in the Great Reset, which I'll, I'm going to talk about also. And so whether it was made it happen or let it happen, it doesn't matter because the end result is still a lot of control, a lot of people being afraid of one another, a lot of division and a lot of technocracy. Who's familiar with the term technocracy? Okay, so uh, technocracy essentially is a form of governance that's ruled by experts and technocrats in technology. It first came about, well, there's some further back iterations, but it first was popularized after the Great Depression when some experts and scientists thought that politicians are no good at governing, which I agree with, right? but we're all about self-governance. Uh, and they said, instead, we should have scientists and experts that make all the decisions and, and rule over everyone. And so that, uh, thankfully, was shot down and not, didn't really take footing, although it did very much so in the New Deal and in further programs like the Great Society. And now we see with the advent of technology and the expansion, the acceleration of technological growth, that many of the, the powers that be the uh, insiders, as some of them call them, the oligarchs, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, these roundtable secret society groups that have been aiming to create a totalitarian global government for quite some time, these groups and actors now have the technology to be pretty effective at creating that top-down control grid paradigm. And that's essentially what technocracy is. And the latest marketing plan to roll out technocracy is called the Great Reset. Who's heard of the Great Reset? All right, just a quick month. A lot more people are aware of it because it's now become mainstream. Although you'll see articles on the New York Times that are like the Great Reset conspiracy spreading all these crazy right-wingers and Alex Jones types are talking about the Great Reset. Meanwhile, it's like, well, have you gone to the World Economic Forum website? It's, they're pretty clear in their aims. 
So uh, maybe one way to sum up what the Great Reset is, is an article. It was published in the Washington Post, but it's also on the World Economic Forum website. And the title is, the year is 2030. I own nothing, I have no privacy, and I've never been happier. <laughs> wow, it's blatant propaganda. And the article goes on to talk about how things changed with the advent of artificial intelligence and technology and people losing their jobs. And that instead of owning things, we simply rent things and have services. And we have no belongings. We don't even own our home. We just go to the home or the office when we need to use it. And then we move on with the rest of our lives. And there's this great section that really resonated with me. And it says, um, my biggest concern are those that live outside the city. They have different lives than we do inside the city. They didn't go along with the AI and the destruction of jobs. Some of them live in self-supplying communities and some of them live in 19th century villages. I'm concerned about them. And I'm like, that's what I wanna be. That's what we're gonna be, right? Because a lot of this stuff is gonna roll out in the smart cities, Austin, Texas being one of them. Um, the Great Reset is all about reshaping society, rethinking the relationship between government and business, rethinking the relationship between government and the people, rethinking the relationship between individuals and earth, which I think we ought to rethink these things as well. I am for a reset. I'm for a greater reset, a people's reset, not more centralization and more government control, more decentralization, more power to the people. Am I right? Yeah. So um, some of the changes that are going to be taking place with the Great Reset uh, are what's called the Fourth Industrial Revolution. This is the rolling out of and the merging of the individual and biology, not just human animals, but all animals and all life forms and technology, right? This is the essence of technocracy. It's also like the singularity. A great example of this is Microsoft is creating what's called a planetary computer where they literally wanna track and trace every single element of biodiversity on the earth and keep tabs on it, right? And one of the things that the Great Reset does, as does Agenda 21, which is very strongly related to the Great Reset. The Great Reset's just a marketing plan by the World Economic Forum to carry out New World Order 2.0. This has been in the works for quite some time. And now, as I said, the technology is here to make it happen. But um, they always put it in this really nice, glossy, glossy veneer as though they want to help the impoverished people and help the environment, which are all good things, right? We don't want people living in poverty. It's not good for people to be freezing in the streets, homeless in a tent here in Austin, Texas, nor is it good to be pumping out pollution. The whole carbon thing could be debated, but uh, freaking atomic weapons and depleted uranium, which is just, everyone's like, the US government's here to help us with the environment. It's like, well, maybe they should stop dropping bombs in the Middle East and using depleted uranium and all sorts of nasty stuff and having their big oil tankers, which are probably blasting out more carbon than anybody's freaking car fleet. But uh, they, they try to put it out as though it's some amazing progressive thing, when in reality, it's all about control. And it's the oligarchs that are behind this, many oligarchs that have been exploitative and that have caused immense harm to humankind for quite some time especially the damn Rockefeller Foundation, always goes back to them. They uh, put out this, I think it was not Anslinger. Oh, maybe someone can help me. The name of the report. Lockstep. Lockstep. No, not Lockstep, but that's definitely a good one to cover. Back in the 20s or 30s, they, 
they started destroying allopathic medicine, sorry, uh, natural medicine, Eastern medicine. And they had someone create this report where they went around and studied all the hospitals, which back then had giant Eastern wings. And then there was an allopathic Western wing that was much smaller. There's a lot more integrative medicine instead of this reactionary medicine. But old Rockefeller was like, hey, maybe there's another way that we can make money through petrochemicals and pharmaceuticals. So they put together this report. They Flexner. Flexner report. Thank you, Grant. The Flexner report totally had all sorts of BS, misinformation, disinformation. And they used that in order to change the face of the medical industry in the United States and abroad, ushering in the reactionary allopathic medicine. In addition to that, they, the Rockefeller Foundation was responsible for the advent of monocropping. And they said, again, we need to do this in order to end world hunger and help impoverished people in third world countries, when in reality, they basically destroyed the soil globally, depleting it of valuable minerals that we need in order to survive and thrive, right? They've done this for quite some time, and now they're a big part of all this stuff. So these are the oligarchs that are trying to, to roll this stuff out. So the common pass, tracking and tracing, shifting the workplace and how we commune as human beings away from the church, away from the town square, away from the office building to the computer. And the vision that they have for the world is essentially people living in front of their computers, taking it a step further with virtual reality they want to create these complex supercomputers. It sounds all crazy, right? But it's all written about it. And I got the documents right here. My backpack. <laughs> that was a Jones impression. Anybody, yeah. anybody missed that one? <laughs> and uh, they legit want to create an alternate reality that mirrors the existing one. And instead of actually going out and doing stuff, you have AI robots that do it. And it's, it's absolutely nuts. It's, it's a, it's a affront to humanity. It's not the type of life that I want to live. And I strongly believe that the Freedom Cell Network offers hope that we can do things differently. And so they want to do the Great Reset. I think we should do a greater reset. So let me share a little bit about the Freedom Cell Network and why I believe it offers us a great opportunity to insulate ourselves from the existing tyranny, cops kicking in doors, drug war, taxation being fund funding foreign wars of aggression that was all going on for quite some time and it was already problematic and already created a big enough need for us to really get down and dirty with our activism but now with covid and the great reset stuff i think it's even more important and so the freedom cell network essentially works like this at the core is what we call the inner cadre group this is a small group of approximately eight people it can be seven, it can be nine, it can be five, it can be 12, it can be whatever the hell you want to want it to be. It's an open source idea. It's not like you have to do it this way if you want to party with us. And maybe there's better ways to do it. The idea is that we all learn from one another. We experiment with different technologies, with different systems of social organization to see what works best. You have this inner cadre group. The reason why we use the number eight comes from the research of a gentleman named John David Garcia. His work was popularized in the liberty movement from a guy named Bob Podolsky, who wrote this book, Flourish. Bob Podolsky is doing something very similar, and he calls them octologues. Instead of dialogue with two people, it's an octologue, communication with eight people. And the reason why this guy chose the number eight is because through scientific research and study and experiments, he found that eight people is the optimal number of people to have the greatest amount of creativity within the group. His highest ethic was creativity. 
my highest ethic is freedom, and so we're riding on his coattails and utilizing his strategy. Yes, Greg. Question. Um, I've started thinking about units, and you know, when we're all single and young, or we have eight people, well, what about the idea of having eight families? Because a family is a sort of state of consciousness in on its own. So if you have a family of six people, then you can only add two. You know what I'm saying? What do you think about the the relationship between an individual versus a family in this octagon system? Sure. Um, let, let's hold the questions real quick so I can finish this. But to answer your question, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If it works for the six families or the one family of six to have another family, or if it's like we're just going to count eight adults, and that means that there can be a bunch of kids, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. If it works, then let's do it. It's not a strict eight. It's not a strict eight adults. It's not a strict eight adults plus kids. It just is let's just do stuff, you know? It's anarchy, right? And so, but we encourage as we as in like me and Derek, I guess, uh, Derek bros, we encourage eight, okay? And so eight, it, whenever you have 12 or 15, there's like bureaucracy, there's disagreements, it's hard for everyone to get on the same page. Whenever you have two or three, there's not enough ideas, there's not enough people to put things into action. So that's the inner cadre group. We encourage inner cadre groups to come together to form a communication channel, preferably encrypted. If you live close enough, you could have like CB radios and relays or ham radio which is pretty cool off-grid types of communication so we're not dependent on our smartphones like so many of us i'm sure are for just about every damn thing we do playing into the hands of the new world order right that's why earlier i was like let's do a monthly meeting and maybe one on zoom right i like to do zoom stuff because it's accessible and like a lot of people can share ideas but we can't do it all on zoom or else we're this is good stuff hugs Gave some people some hugs. That was awesome. There's a lot of people that haven't hugged someone since the damn pandemic broke out. And was it oxytocin that gets released whenever you hug someone? This is very beautiful human things that are being taken away from people. And instead, they're just left with all sorts of anxiety and fear. All right, so we encourage you to link up with eight people. Maybe it's people that you already know. Maybe you meet them through this group. Maybe you meet them through another meetup group or, or network you're a part of or movement you're a part of. And you work together on common goals. Some of the first four goals we encourage people to do are to have three months worth of food storage. Ideally, you got gardens and you're churning out your own food right there, completely uh, resilient style. I used to encourage two weeks and then COVID happened and the food, I already had to tap into my food storage. I was like, oh, this is going to, I'll save this for when shit it really hits the fan. And then it's like, man, I'm not going to the damn grocery store and good thing we've stocked up on toilet paper because this is crazy. So now it's three months, and that's something to, to strive towards. I live in a tiny home. We definitely don't have three months of food storage. I don't know how we're going to do it. But, um, okay, food storage. The second is to have some sort of communication, preferably encrypted. A lot of people use Telegram, although there's some folks that are more serious about the encryption that are encouraging people to move away to a more open source platform. But for now, we're using Telegram. And one thing that we can do is, like, Telegram is kind of bringing the public in bringing people in, and then when we break away and we form our little groups, we try to do that in encrypted communication. I should say, nothing that we encourage, except maybe one day we all stop paying our taxes, is illegal. So my whole thing with the encryption thing, I'm not buying into the whole, well, if you have nothing to hide, then you shouldn't worry about Big Brother watching you. That's not my thing. But at the same time, like, I'm loud and proud about my position on freedom and encouraging people to do so. So the encryption isn't as important for me, but it's important for us to get into that flow and to go ahead and get used to using encryption because some of the technology isn't extremely user-friendly. So we're exploring what the best channels for that would be. But right now, I would encourage people to get onto Telegram, check that out. 
The third thing we encourage people to do is to acquire firearms and learn how to use them safely and proficiently in defense of themselves, their family, and their community. Again, none of this is mandatory in the least bit. Some people have an objection to firearms and that's a-okay. I, for one, like firearms and I'm a like nonviolent satyagraha kind of guy to the core, but I don't think it's very noble to just lay down and be killed by someone if they're coming to attack you. But if there's people that are like more passive or they object to violence altogether, they'd rather do the satyagraha thing or just not even engage in conflict at all, that's totally okay. The ones of us with guns will get your back now <laughs> i just want to throw that out again none, this is just suggestions if people aren't into guns that's okay too and then the fourth thing is for all of the members to have a bug out plan whether they bug out someone together perhaps one of the eight has a big property on the outside of town or they bug out separate they just hold each other accountable and make sure that their bug out plan is a good one and they maybe drill it together whatever those are the fourth first four things and they have a lot to do with survival and preparedness which i think is a, like a foundational thing that we need to get into but those groups, and as we'll see, the larger groups, can engage in all sorts of other goals. Maybe the group wants to focus on spirituality and get together every week to do yoga and to meditate. They want to be accountability partners to do inner child healing or whatever. That can be done, too. Maybe it's a group of parents that have been wanting to pull their kids out of public school, but they haven't been able to do so. By working together, they can set the goals of contributing, chipping in to buy a curriculum, a homeschool curriculum. On Monday and Wednesday, Susie and Ron take the kids. On Thursday, on Wednesday and Thursday, Abby and, and Dolores take the kids. I don't know why I'm just trying to think of names. They take the kids and on Friday, they all go to the museum or go on a field trip together, whatever. And then the parents help babysitting so the parents can go out and go on a date and stuff, right? So it could be a parenting group. Maybe it's a self-defense group. They go to the gun range together, they train together. Whatever. Maybe it's an entrepreneurial group. It's a mastermind. They work together on their entrepreneurial businesses. They go to conferences together, so on and so forth. That's the inner cadre group. That's the core of the network. That's where most of the action takes place. Now, here's how we scale. The inner cadre group then links up with seven other inner cadre groups, preferably in close geographic proximity, and they form what we call a middle cadre. Right. So imagine Austin, Texas or Central Texas. I try to decouple. We try to decouple the names away from political jurisdictions because we want to ascend above all of that. So maybe we call it the Hill Country. But I don't know if that leaves out the guys in Caldwell and Lockhart. But for now, it's the Flatlanders. All right. Not the Flatliners, though. But for now, it's just Central Texas. So imagine Central Texas as a middle cadre with eight groups of eight of approximately 64 people. Right. Now, in Dallas-Fort Worth, there's a whole lot of Freedom Cell folks, and there's a few different inner cadre groups. So let's imagine there's a middle cadre in Dallas-Fort Worth, and they're doing a lot of the same stuff, which they are. Now, let's say there's one in Houston, Texas, that uh, Derek Rose helped to inspire. They're meeting up regularly. They're doing perma blitzes. They're helping each other grow food in their backyard. We then link up with the other middle cadres of approximately 64 people, eight groups of eight, to form what we call a meta cadre. So now imagine the state of Texas has a meta cadre with approximately eight groups of 64. Again, it doesn't always look that perfect. It's more of a fluid, kind of crazy, spontaneous order thing. But in that sponta spontaneity is the beauty and the freedom and the balance, right? And now with the middle cadre in Texas, maybe twice a year we do a big meetup that's more of like a conference. And we have speakers and we do workshops and we bring the whole community together, right? 
We also link up with the folks that are in the Arkansas, Oklahoma, uh, South Missouri area. There's a group there. I recently went to a Midfest Liberty Fest. It's this decentralized, no leader uh, Liberty Conference campout thing and met some Freedom Cell folks. And it was cool to see the folks from the Tulsa Freedom Cell meetup, link up with the guys from the Lake Uchi Freedom Cell, link up with the folks from the Eastern Arkansas Freedom Cell or the Western Arkansas Freedom Cell, link up with the Southeast Missouri guys from the Ozark Mountains. And they're forming this little regional Freedom Cell group that eventually will grow into what's a meta cadre, eight groups of 64. Finally, we link up with the other meta cadres to form what I like to call the Confederation of Freedom Cells, or someone else called it the mega cadre. So the mega cadre is like the global entity. And at this point, we could kind of think of the 7,000 people that are on the freedomcells.org website as the mega cadre. We also have a telegram group with 560 plus people. That would be like the mega cadre. So you can organize this from the ground up, linking up with your inner cadre, and then encouraging the creation of other inner cadres. Or, or you could have a group like this one, for example, that can kind of be like a middle cadre, and then we go down from there. Okay, let's see who lives in Caldwell near Grant. There's some folks from San Marcos that came up, right? San Marcos, Hayes County area, who lives here east of Austin, right? Me and Rebecca are right up the road. Randy and the crew are right here. So then we can all kind of go down. It could also be you start with a group of like 50 people. It could even be the voluntarist meetup or your farmer crew or whatever. And you then can break down into interest. Maybe the parents get together. You can have multiple groups. Uh, after I finish this little quick brief chat, brief-ish chat, I'd like to propose that we create little working groups to take on some particular issues, okay? So let me share why the Freedom Cell Network can really help us with some of the problems that I presented at the beginning of this brief presentation. The vaccine stuff that's coming down the pipe. How many entrepreneurs that work for themselves in the room? Work for themselves. Okay, cool. I presume the rest, of, maybe some folks are unemployed or don't work or whatever, but I, I presume the other folks have a job. Oftentimes these jobs have HR departments and like people are like, I can't wear the mask. And they're like, well, we need to talk to the HR department about that. We don't really have a policy on this. It's brand new. Although we just did spend $65,000 on the COVID consultation organization. It's a crazy world we're living in now. But the powers that be want to pressure people into taking the vaccine. And so for folks that are employed, if your employer says, you're not going to be able to work here any longer unless you prove COVID immunity or you take the COVID vaccine. We're strongly encouraging it. And if not enough people engage in voluntary compliance, which is also how the IRS describes the income tax, it's voluntary compliance. Not enough people engage. In <laughs> Sometimes when I talk, a thought pops in my head. I'm like, should I share that one or should I just leave it be for me? Sometimes I'll let it, let it be for you guys too. That was one of those. <laughs> All right, so we don't want to be caught in a position where we're forced to do something that we don't want to do because our employment and our income is threatened. So one thing that we're encouraging people to do is to set up a side hustle. Obviously, you don't want to just quit your job. You don't want to be hasty. You want to make a nice transition away. Maybe you like your job. I don't know. But there's a lot of freedom that comes with entrepreneurship. Also having a side hustle or maybe you don't know if the employer is going to force the vaccine. So you start the side hustle. And if they do, you're ready to lean into the side hustle full time. On top of that, I think it's really critical that we form what are called agoras, open markets, free markets, because there's also talk of 
you can't come into the grocery store unless you have a green light on your common pass, unless you can prove that you have your little card. You see CNN is like, everyone's going to get issued cards when they get the vaccine. This is all going to be digital too. So the idea is we haven't gone to the grocery store in the past six months because we have our own resilient food network where the chickens are grown over here. This person raises beef. The vegans do their thing over here with the gardens and we all trade amongst ourselves and we're all self-sufficient as a community, right? You're never really self-sufficient because we're human animals. We all need to work together. So this is how the Freedom Cell Network can help overcome that, right? Additionally, the whole technocracy is coming down and we can have enough people and strength and numbers where we can live outside the city and still have other human beings so that we don't have to sacrifice our quality of life or our standard of living. One more thing, real quick, Kurt. Can I just suggest, real quick, I'm not asking yeah. a question, I just wanted to suggest a term that I've heard before, is cell sufficient. <laughs> he told me this guy was I good about he, communication. He's good with I communication. I love it. I'm using it. I'll attribute it to you, Kurt Hildebrand. Just like the guy that came up with Mega, I like to say, someone came up with Mega. Yeah. I wish it was me. It's pretty brilliant. <laughs> cell sufficient. Yes. Okay, so we can become self-sufficient. Okay, I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'm, I'm going to wrap up. But let me tell you another reason why I'm really hopeful about this organizational structure. Because it enables us to work together on common goals to fulfill our wants and needs as human beings. So while health insurance in the United States is a total racket because of private industry and because of government and the revolving door and that little fascist corporatism thing they got going, health insurance, not only is it like really crappy more often than not, but it's super duper expensive. Another way that they could pressure the COVID vaccine is if you don't get the COVID vaccine, we're going to increase your premiums because you're a greater risk to us to have to have some health insurance, some health issues. So just as we're not going in the grocery store anymore and we don't care that you're forcing the vaccine because we have our own business network, we can create our own health share program, whether it's a legal entity and we do it legit style and somebody goes ahead and forms, you know, articles and corporation or whatever, or it's like just a decentralized peer to peer one and the little middle cadre groups, the trusted elders hold the money or whatever, or we do it like decentralized cryptocurrency smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain, whatever we do, we can create our own health share. I personally have a health share. It's only $208 a month. If there's an emergency, I pay out of pocket up to $1,000 and everything else is completely covered. I don't have a need for the primary care stuff. I don't do pharmaceuticals and stuff. So we could also be like, hey, we have 600 people. We'd like to negotiate a better rate with this existing institution, right? Those are the kind of things that we can do. Through this network, we can also make decisions based on consensus to where if the, this inner cadre doesn't want to go along, but all the other inner cadres and the middle cadre go along, then they don't necessarily benefit from whatever the choice is. Or we're like, hey, it's okay for some free riders every once in a while. We're here to help one another, right? And finally, what the really cool thing about this social structure is and why I find it to be innovative is that as our network scales in size and number, it scales horizontally. It never takes on a vertical or hierarchical nature. So for example, in Central Texas, let's assume that this group right now is the middle cadre, and there's a few different groups of eight within this group, okay? As we add more people, 
We don't all of a sudden have a group or people that are above anyone else. It just simply Central Texas turns into a meta cadre where there's eight groups of 64 now instead of just eight groups of eight. Let's say 10 years down the road, we have thousands of people. There's a mega there's a mega cadre in Central Texas where there's thousands of people and multiple different meta cadres. Does that make sense? So we can effectively continue to have a decision making apparatus that's based on consensus kind of like participatory democracy, where you're not forced into a decision that you don't go along with, other people in the group can go along with it and we can still maintain the cohesion of the group with not, without everyone participating. Unlike the status model where it's a one size fits all policy and whether you like it or not, because you were born in this geographic area by virtue, you better damn well comply or we're gonna harm you, take away your property or put you in a cage. And if you resist, we're gonna kill you. So it can scale infinitely in a horizontal nature. And it's my hope that this idea resonates with you guys, that you join the many people all over the globe, even including in Australia, there's some groups, which you gotta be brave to do Freedom Cells in Australia. There's a map on the Freedom Cells website. And at one point there were a couple dots in North Korea. And then I went back to look and see them and they were gone. They disappeared. I'm just kidding, that's a joke. <laughs> joke, but. <laughs> okay, so it's my hope that this resonates with you, that we all work together and we start that work today. Many people have already started this work and we benefit one another mutually. We go home, we go online, we go on social media, we make phone calls and we spread this idea like an idea virus attacking the host, which is the state, not by force, not through violence, rather by taking away energy from other human beings and diverting that energy to our fellow human beings rather than focusing so much on the state and the problem. All right, that's my brief presentation in a nutshell. Thank you to the 37 plus people watching online and the folks on DLive and Float. Join the Freedom Cell Network if this resonated with you at freedomcells.org, freedomcells.org if you're in Central Texas. Join us next time. Peace.